turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. But here is a simple reality. Whether we see God's plan for our life or not, whether we understand God's plan for our life or not, whether we know God's plan for our life or not, if we are committed to Christ, He is working for our good and He's working for His glory. That's Pastor Mark Finley, and this is Hope Lives 365. At Hope Lives 365, we believe God answers prayer. Keep in mind this telephone number throughout today's broadcast, 888-244-HOPE. Here is Pastor Mark Finley with today's Hope Lives 365. God is still in control because God knows what he's doing. Exodus 13, verse 18. Exodus 13, verse 18. Lesson number one. When things seem out of control, God is still in control. Exodus, the 13th chapter. Four lessons from the Exodus on the plan of life. Exodus 13. We're looking there at verse 18. Now Israel leads Egypt. They're in the desert. It's barren. The desert is hot. The Egyptian armies are pursuing them. The Red Sea is before them. And they wonder, God, where are you? Exodus 13, verse 18. So God, what's the next word, everybody? What is it? So God, what? Led the people around by the wilderness of the Red Sea. Who led them into the wilderness? Who did that? Did he really do that? Did he really do that? Does the text say he did it? Did they know he was leading them? Did they understand he was leading them? The Bible says they grumbled. So when things seem out of control, even if things don't seem to make much sense, even if things don't add up, even if you're confused with what is happening, God still has a plan. Even if you seem to be wandering in the wilderness, not understanding the future, God has a plan. You, my brother, you, my sister, are destined for glory. You're destined for glory. Christ has redeemed you. You are his child. Christ is going to use every experience of life to reveal his glory through you. Your testimony of his faithfulness will powerfully touch other lives. He's working in ways that are for your good and his glory. God knows what he's doing. The enemy may attack you. He may try to destroy you. But he will not prevail. For Israel, the journey was long. For Israel, the road was rough. For Israel, the desert was barren. The Egyptians were pursuing. But the Red Sea deliverance was certain. God sees deliverance when we see only the desert. God sees the waters parting when we see only the raging sea. God sees the Egyptians drowning when we see only the Egyptians pursuing. 
God sees us standing on the other shore when we see only the desert before us. The events of our lives may not be what we have chosen, but hallelujah. God is still in control. God is still sovereign. God is still weaving into our lives the divine tapestry of his overarching plan. Now here's the second principle, the second great lesson to learn from Israel. Lesson number one is what? God is in control even if we don't see it, even if we don't understand it. Here's the second lesson. This is wonderful. This is wonderful. God will give us tokens of his care when the way seems dark. He'll give us evidence of his guiding hand when we're passing through life's toughest times. Now, I'm not talking about some vague thing here. When Israel went through the most difficult times of their life, God gave them specific, God gave them distinct tokens of his love and care to remind them of his guidance. That's in the Bible. You know Pastor Finley wouldn't preach it if it wasn't in the Bible, right? Okay, Exodus chapter 13. Exodus chapter 13. This is a key point in understanding God's plan. It's a key point to cherish in discerning God's plan, and it's a key point to cherish when you're going through challenges. Exodus, the 13th chapter, the 21st verse. So Israel's wandering in this wilderness, and they're grumbling about it. They're wondering where God is in all this. And what does God do? The divine sovereign God knows that they need some visible sign of his presence. So this is what he does. Exodus 13, verse 21. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead the way. And by night a pillar of fire to give them light to go by day and night. He did not take away the pillar of cloud by day or the pillar of fire by night from before the people. Now notice, what does God do? God says, okay, you're confused and you're wandering. And what you need is some visible sign that I've not abandoned you. So I am going to give you the pillar of fire. I'm going to guide you by that. I'm going to guide you by the cloud. Later, he rained manna down from heaven to demonstrate his power. He brought water out of a rock in the desert. Here is the point. When we go through challenges in our life, or when we're at a decision point in our life, God will give us some sign of his token and favor. And we grasp that sign. We, we watch for that, the directions of his providence. We look for the tokens of his love. When his plan seems obscure, when things seem uncertain, look for those little evidences. Look for those tokens of God's love. There's a wonderful story about Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln and a friend of his, Mr. Barry, when Abraham Lincoln was really, really young. He was just a a young man in his in his 20s. And he and his friend, Mr. Barry, had a little country store. And uh, they were trying to make it in business. Lincoln was not a very good businessman. In addition to that... um, the little town that they had it in, really, this little store in, was not, um, may I say, it was not a thriving metropolis where a business of that style would go well. So they kept losing money, losing money, losing money. It was a hot summer afternoon in this little town in uh, Illinois. They were sitting on the porch, and 
Mr. Barry and Lincoln were talking. They said, you know, we've got to close this store. And Lincoln said, you know, if we sell everything in it, if we sell everything in this store, we sell the store out, if I had 50 cents profit, I would be happy. Because all he had to his name at that time was 50 cents. That's all he had to his name, 50 cents. So if I had 50 cents profit, I'd be happy. So Barry says to him, if you got 50 cents profit, what would you do? And he said, this is what I'd do. I would buy Blackstone's commentary on British law. And I would study and become a lawyer. Is that what you want to do? That's what I want to do. More than anything else, I want to be a lawyer. So they sat there talking back and forth. And uh, Barry's chiding Lincoln. And pretty soon they see this wagon coming up. This horse-drawn wagon. And uh, the man pulls the wagon up to the porch. And he says, sir, I'm leading my family west. And the wife is sitting next to the man, and she's looking thin and emaciated. He said, I've used most of my money, and, but I'm trying to sell goods for my wagon. And I got this old barrel. And Lincoln looks at this old emaciated skinny wife of the guy, and he says, what do you want for the barrel? And the guy said, only if I had 50 cents. Now, 50 cents in those days is more than 50 cents in our day. And so all Lincoln had to his name, he said later, was 50 cents. He reaches in his pocket. He couldn't bear turning that poor lady down and gives the lady 50 cents. And the wagon goes on. Lincoln gets this old wooden barrel, puts it on the porch. He says, ah, another thing to sell. And all day, Barry is chiding him. All day, Barry says, Lincoln, you gave your last 50 cents. And Lincoln said, what else could I do for that old wooden barrel? At the end of the day, Lincoln goes out, you know, long, gangly, reaches down with his long arm, and he finds some paper in the bottom of the barrel. Then there's something hard in the bottom of that barrel. He pulls it out. And he can't believe it. It is Blackstone's book that he's wanted all his life on English law. He is absolutely amazed. And I want to read you Lincoln's own words. Here's they are. This is what Lincoln wrote. I stood there. I stood there holding the book and looking up toward the heavens. There came a deep impression on me. That God had something for me to do. God had a plan for my life. He was showing me now that I had to get ready for it. Otherwise, why this miracle? Why in the bottom of that wooden barrel was Blackstone's book on English law? What did God do? At that critical time in his life, God gave him a visible token. What did God do for Israel? At that critical time in Israel's life, When Israel's wandering all around, what does God do? He puts up their cloud by day. He puts up their pillar of fire by night. Are you facing some decision in your life right now? Look for the visible symbol of God's love, care, and direction. Are you going through one of the greatest challenges of your life? Embrace the sign that God's going to give you. He's going to bring somebody into your life, a neighbor that will pray with you. He's going he's to lead you to a Bible passage. He's going to do something in your life, some providential thing to let you know that he is still there. When you're facing challenges, look for the tokens of God's guidance. Look for your cloud by day. Look, watch for your pillar of fire by night. You are not left alone, and God will give you some special sign of his love. He'll open some providential opportunity for you. We have the blessed assurance that God will lead him, lead us. We may not see the pillar of fire. Pastor Mark Finley will continue with more in just a moment. Stay tuned. You can grow in your knowledge of God's Word by enrolling in online courses by Pastor Mark Finley. 
go to hopelives365biblestudy.com. That's hopelives365biblestudy.com. When you go there, you will find wonderful courses such as Bible prophecy, discipleship, leadership, or improving your health. These courses are especially designed to help you discover deeper insights into the Bible. Go to hopelives365biblestudy.com. That's hopelives365biblestudy.com. Or call right now to register, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. 888-244-HOPE. Here now, once again, Pastor Mark Finley. We may not see the cloud these days, but there will be tangible evidence. There will be some real token. God will do something to let you know that he is still there. He'll provide direction. We don't have to fear to be left alone. Third thing, thing, principle number one in knowing God's plan for your life. When things seem out of control, God is in control. When we can't see the plan, it's still there. God knows what he's doing. Principle number two, When you go through a challenge, difficulty, when you have to face a decision, look for the providences of God. Look for the tokens of his love. When you don't understand the plan, look for those divine moments that he's going to give you, something tangible. Principle number three. When we see problems, God sees possibilities. When we see obstacles, God sees opportunities. When we see difficulties, God sees a new direction for our life. He will open a way where there seems to be no way. He'll carve a path through the wilderness of our lives so that one day we'll only marvel at what he's done. The greater the challenge, the greater the opportunity for God to manifest his power. Take your Bible and turn, please. Exodus chapter 14. Exodus chapter 14. The challenge that Israel faced was an opportunity for God to demonstrate his hand. Because when we cannot, he can. We may not see the plan, but that doesn't mean he doesn't have a plan. The greater the challenge, the greater the opportunity of God to work powerfully. The 14th chapter of the book of Exodus, we begin with the ninth verse. Now imagine you are an Israelite, and you look back, and you see the sun dancing off the sparkling swords of the Egyptians. You hear the rumble of the chariot wheels. You feel the ground shake under the hoofbeats of a thousand times ten thousand horses as they're coming. You see and hear the yell of the Egyptian soldiers. Fear grips your heart. There is no place to retreat. Death appears to be certain, the scripture says in Exodus 14 verse 9. So the Egyptians pursued them, all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh. His horsemen and his army overtook them camping by the sea. So here the Egyptians are right upon them. Verse 13. Verse 13, Exodus 14. And Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Don't be afraid. (laughs) Look at those armies. Stand still. See the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. And the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. 
Things were looking bleak and dark, yet God had a plan. Wilderness wanderings, yes. Defeats in the desert, yes. Trials and obstacles, yes. Of course, but God had a plan. God's purpose, God's people, God's plan would ultimately triumph for Israel. They would be led to the promised land. Jesus said to them, go forward. And what God is saying to you today, are you faced with some decision? Commit your life to Jesus. Look for the providences of God and move forward. Are you faced with some challenge today? Don't focus on the challenge. Don't focus on the problems. Don't let Satan strangle you with doubt, darkness, and discouragement. Move forward in Jesus. He will miraculously, some way, open that Red Sea for you. Point number four. We can focus on our wilderness wanderings, or we can accept the reality that we live in a world of both good and evil, but God still has a divine plan that he wants to accomplish in our lives. He still has a divine plan, and he will still lead us through our wilderness and open our Red Sea and lead us to reveal his glory into the promised land. As the old song says, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. God is bigger than the problem. God is larger than the difficulty. God is greater than the trial. God is stronger than the enemy. And he is fully capable of handling the situation. The Israelites were terrified when they saw the enemy coming their way. They doubted their leader. They questioned God. They complained. They grumbled. They panicked. But just God simply said to them, trust me. Trust me. Don't trust what your eyes see. Don't trust what your ears hear. Don't trust what's going on around you. Let your faith grasp the divine reality. And what does it say in Exodus 14, verse 14? This is the promise for you today. Exodus 14, verse 14. God has a plan. And he will battle the enemy that's trying to destroy you. He will battle that enemy and he will fight for you. Exodus, the 14th chapter, the 14th verse. The Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. So what does he say to us? He says, verse 15, go forward. If we go forward in faith, trusting his grace, believing that he has a plan for our life, and if we reveal his glory even in difficulty, he will fight for us, and the battle is certain, the victory is certain. We may be facing our own Red Sea this week. Maybe the enemy seems hot on our trail. Maybe he seems to be lurking close. Maybe he's whispering lies in our ears of defeat. Maybe the obstacles that loom before us are hard to overcome. Maybe we want to turn back. Maybe we want to give up. Maybe we find ourselves questioning and doubting God's care and love. But that does not change this truth. God has a pre-designed plan for you. And as believers who've made a choice to to trust Christ in faith, we stand on the assurance he'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. He will guide us to victory. Francis Havergal wrote that marvelous hymn, Take My Life and Let It Be. She was an amazing woman. Her father was an Anglican preacher. 
She was brought up in a, in a pastor's home. But from the time she was just three or four, she was sick. And Frances Hagergill was a very sickly girl. It looked like that certainly God couldn't do very much with her. Thin, feeble, sick. She began to memorize the Bible. By the time she was seven, she had memorized a good portion of the Psalms. Into her teens, she had memorized the Psalms in Isaiah in almost the entire New Testament. In addition to that, she began to study Hebrew and was able to read the Old Testament in Hebrew. She began to study Greek. She could read the New Testament in Greek. She was a prolific scholar, an outstanding musician. Frail, sickly, her health was going down. She actually died at 42 years old. But during this life, she said, I believe that God has a plan for my life. And she began to write hymns. And those hymns touched tens of thousands of people. 133 years ago, in February of 1874, it's actually just over that now, 134 years ago, she wrote the hymn, Take My Life and Let It Be, Holy Consecrated Lord to Thee. The story of that hymn is quite a remarkable one. This woman, who could have been bitter, this woman who could have been angry, this woman who died at 42, this woman who was sick all of her life, believed God had a plan for her life. And she determined that she would reveal God's glory throughout her life. One day, Francis was in a home of a family where some were Christians, but they were very nominal Christians. They went to church, but they had no heart-burning commitment to Christ. The others in that home were not Christians at all. They were uncommitted. And she began to pray for that family. And I want you to, to read you her words. This is what she said. There were ten persons in the house. Some were unconverted and long prayed for. Some converted, but not rejoicing Christians. God gave me the, this prayer. Lord, give me all this house. And she began to pray, Lord, give me all this house. Lord, give me all this house. And he just did. Before I left the house, everyone got a blessing. The last night of my visit, I was too happy to sleep. I passed most of the night in renewal of my consecration. And those little couplets formed themselves and chimed in my heart, one after the other, till they finished with, ever only, all for thee. And there, that night, as she prayed, for that family. And as she see, saw them come to Christ, she wrote the words, take my life and let it be. Take your hymn, though. Let's take a look at it. We'll put the hymn on the screen. Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. Take my moments and my days. Let them flow in endless praise. Here is a sick woman lacking in health. But it begins to write because she believed that God had a plan for her life. It's hymn number 330. Please take your hymn to look at the words. She says, take my hands and let them move at the impulse of thy love. Take my feet and let them be swift and beautiful for thee. Take my voice and let me sing, always only for my king. Take my lips and let them be filled with messages from thee. Take my silver and my gold, not a mite would I withhold. Take my intellect and use every power as thou shalt choose. Take my will and make it thine. It shall be no longer mine. 
Take my heart, it is thine own. It shall be thy royal throne. Take my love, my Lord, I pour. At thy feet its treasure store. Take myself and I will be ever only all for thee. God has a plan for your life. A plan he's designed from all eternity just for you. Whatever valleys you have walked through or are walking through right now, whatever mountains before you that you have to climb, God has a plan for your life. He's greater than all the difficulties. He's bigger than all the challenges. He's larger than all the problems. Thanks for listening today to Hope Lives 365 with Pastor Mark Finley. At a time when people have accepted the evolutionary hypothesis, seeing is believing, reveals the remarkable design in nature, demonstrating a mastermind behind all of creation. Where there is a design, there must be a designer. And where there is an intelligent design, there must be an intelligent designer. Your faith will be strengthened as you read Mark Fenley's Seeing is Believing. Call today for your copy. Your donation of any size helps to keep us on the air and support the Hope Lives 365 ministry. Seeing is Believing. Call 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673 or visit hopelives365.com. Thanks for listening today to Hope Lives 365.